Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. So the number of reported cases of the new coronavirus in California keeps going up. And you might remember last month, a woman in Solano County became the first person in the United States to contract COVID-19 from an unknown source. Like she didn't even travel to a country that had the virus. She just got it somewhere in the community. And now it's the job of local public health officials to try and track down where it came from. Cumulatively, we've had to follow over 400 people based on that one person's exposures. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like for Bay Area health officials who are trying to trace where the virus is heading to next. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. So if you call your doctor, they'll go over your travel history, your exposure history, and see if you're a likely case. Uh, if you are a likely case, then generally the county needs to get involved. This is Danielle Vinton. She's an editor and reporter for KQED Science, and she introduced us to a doctor who works for Solano County named Bela Mastiash. He's now very involved in the coronavirus response there because it's where a woman had the first reported case of community transmitted coronavirus in the country. The way that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention define community transmission is when someone has no known travel history or contact with someone who is infected, they have just picked it up in the community. This case, I believe, was, it's not known where that infection came from. It was just picked up, you know, in the community unknown. Liz, officials say the patient was active here in Solano County and was in the hospital here in Vacaville for some time before being diagnosed with the coronavirus. So now they're having to track down everybody she came into contact with. How many people is that? And for these epidemiologists in Solano County, What's the significance of that? What does that mean to the work that they're trying to do, tracing this virus? It means that it is out in the community and they have to scramble to figure out where it may have come from and where it may be passing to. And what does that actually look like? We need to find out everywhere you've been and everyone you've been in contact with during the time that you've been having symptoms. These disease detectives, like this doctor that we spoke to, Dr. Bela Matias from Solano County, they have to speak to the person who's sick an elaborate interview process where we have to ask you a lot of questions. Where have you gone in the last two weeks? Have you returned from Italy? Have you returned from Japan? We would also ask if you've been on a particular cruise ship. And then we would ask you if you've been exposed to certain locations where we know that there were cases. Who have you talked to? Who have you been in close contact with? So we would start with people you are likely to share respiratory droplets with. Your family members, close friends. We would ask about coworkers. Uh, schoolmates. So the circle that we would start with are the people that you routinely have that type of interaction with. And then those people have to be reached to see are they presenting symptoms? 
who are they in close contact with? Jeez, this sounds incredible. Do you have any idea how many people that might be? I mean, that quickly becomes hundreds. Do they actually like go out into the field and try to track down people and places? And, and how do they try to paint that story of this one person who may have the coronavirus? They try to do as much work by the phone as possible because that is most efficient. But there is field work that's involved. You may say, for example, well, I ate at this particular restaurant, and I don't really know how close all the tables are. And then we can go out to that restaurant and take a look and and identify, well, how close are the tables? Could droplets have passed from you to the table next to you? And if the answer is yes, then we have to go to that that restaurant's manager to try to identify, well, who sat at that table on that night? Danielle says that people like Dr. Mastiash can figure out the people who are most likely to get sick from you pretty quickly, like friends and family. And public health officials like him are trained to do just that. It's just this situation is so unique because of the sheer volume of work. Is the work that they're doing now work that they do on a normal basis, just at a massive level, or is this totally new for them? This is the same in principle. This is just an accelerated version of what they do normally. You know, when you've got an emerging outbreak like this, you have to move more quickly and you have to to go after everybody that's um, reasonable to try to identify. And so it it often requires surging up uh, personnel to do it quickly. At some point, uh, the, the doctor told us, you have to switch from a containment mode to just a mitigation mode because all of those connections expand exponentially and there's just not the people power to to track all of that down but they do the best job that they can to to map all of those connections and tell those people to be cautious to stay in isolation until they see if they're presenting symptoms in a world where the where the virus is spreading throughout our communities and you can't really identify most of the people who are able to transmit it, uh, and you certainly can't stop it because it it happens under just natural human uh, conditions, Uh, what we have to do is make sure that the harm it causes is minimized to the greatest extent possible. Once it gets to a mitigation point, what does that actually mean? That the priority has to go to protecting the people who are most vulnerable. And right now that is looking like people who are older, who have underlying chronic health conditions, who are in fragile health. We have to do a really good job of protecting people that are in that group, because if others do get exposed and get sick, they're going to have a much milder course. Their chances of needing hospitalization are much lower. And what can you do for those people? I mean, is that essentially just saying wash your hands or, or keeping <laughs> them isolated in some way? Yeah, I mean, washing their hands, avoiding big gatherings, um, just you know, being extremely diligent and vigilant about personal hygiene. This disease spreads in ways that many other diseases spread. So we know how to advise people to protect themselves. You mentioned this is kind of like detective work, and I can see that playing out as you're describing what these epidemiologists have to go through to find this virus. But how reliable is this method of of tracking down the new coronavirus if we, you know? Yeah, one of the things that I thought was interesting that uh, Dr. Matias said was that people tend to be fairly good at knowing who they're in close contact with. And, you know, but at the end of the day, they are relying on people's memory to remember where they went and who they spoke to. Did you get a sense from the conversation with Dr. Matias, like how concerned 
he was? Did you hear any, you know, concern in his voice? I heard concern in his voice. I didn't hear panic. You know, we don't know all the, the, the nuances. We probably don't have a good handle on the death rate and things like that. But we do know that it spreads primarily through respiratory droplets, and we know how to, how to interrupt the spread of that type of process. In order for health officials to track down the virus, they need to know who might be sick as early as possible. And for some people, that first step, it's the hardest, especially if you don't have good health insurance or if you don't have it at all. Now, California announced last week that it was ordering insurance companies to get rid of medical fees associated with testing for the disease. But there's still so many people who will have a hard time protecting themselves. People who can't work from home, for example. People who don't have paid sick leave. And people who aren't housed. Meanwhile, the federal response has been all over the place. Danielle Venton's an editor for KQED Science. We also got help from Brian Watt, KQED's morning host, who interviewed Dr. Bela Mastiash. The Bay is produced by Erica Cruz Guevara and our editor, Alan Montesilio. KQED's leadership team is Julie Kane, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. We also get help each week from Kiana Mogadam, and our theme music is by Dowd Anthony. I'm your host, Devin Kadiyama, and uh, I'm actually taking off for a few weeks, so, you know, it's going to be amazing, but I'm going to miss you. ECG is going to be filling in, so that's going to be amazing. Uh, so stay good, and I'll see you when I get back. Oh, and wash your hands. Like, now? All right, see ya. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.